0: I'm glad that he's leading us. Amen. We just got to follow. That's the tricky part. We just got to keep him in our sights and follow him. Well, we're in Romans chapter 16 tonight. We're going to finish out Romans, I believe, today. And uh, at least that's the plan. And uh, Romans chapter 16, we're going to... I tried to let some final thoughts because it's kind of Paul wrapping everything up here at the end. And uh, starting next week, my dad, uh, Pastor Jimmy Wallace, is going to be uh, preaching uh, on Sunday nights for a little while and uh, so I hope that you'll be faithful and uh, come and hear him uh, and so I just wanted to give him a chance to be able to share with you as well and so Romans chapter 16 uh, we're going to close out our study on the book of Romans as I said it's been a great uh, time of study for me and I've really enjoyed studying through Romans I believe there this is the 48th sermon in the book of Romans uh, that we've done and so we've had a few breaks in there from vacations and stuff like that. But um, I think if I counted right, there we were 48. Uh, I hope that you've been challenged as I, as I have uh, as we've gone through it. In chapter 16, Paul begins to close his letters, letter here. And he begins with, by giving his validation of the women who would deliver uh, and see that it was read, uh, delivered to the churches and see that it was read in all the churches in Rome. And he begins to greet a number of people specifically by name who are in Rome. And Paul has never been to the churches in Rome, uh, but to th- these people from these churches have met him along the journeys, the ones that he specifically mentions. Uh, so let's look at the chapter here, and we'll read uh, Romans chapter 16, get the overview of the, of the book, of the chapter, not the whole book, uh, and then we'll uh, dive into it. Verse number 1 says, I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church which is at Senecria and that ye receive her in the Lord as becometh saints, and that ye assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you. For she hath been a secure of many, and of myself also. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise greet the church that is in their house. Salute my well-beloved Epiphanes, excuse me, Ep-penet- uh, penitus who is the first fruits of Achaia unto Christ Greet mary who bestowed much labor on us salute adronicus and junia my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles who also were in the who were in Christ before me great Ampelus, my beloved in the lord salute urbane our helper in Christ and uh, stachus uh, my beloved salute apellus Approved in Christ, salute them which are uh, Arista, let's see, what is that? Aristobulus uh, household. Salute Herodian, my kinsmen, greet them uh, that be of the household of a Narcissus, uh, which are in the Lord. Salute uh, Tryphanes and Tryphosa, who labor in the Lord. Salute the uh, beloved Persis, which labored much in the Lord. Salute Rufus, chosen in the Lord and his mother in mine. Salute. Uh, this is a, I always have to look at this one. Uh, a wrist, a, let's see. A, synacrit, a synacritus. Syncritus. A syncritus. There we go. We'll, we'll go with that. Uh, it would much be easier if I just said Bob and uh, Dan and people like that. But uh, anyways, a, a risk, a risk, whatever his name is. Uh, phleg, uh, phlegon, uh, her, uh, Hermus. Uh, Patrobus, Hermes, and the brethren which are with them. Uh, salute. Phylogis, and Julia, and uh, Nerus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints which are with them. Salute one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them that which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by good works and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience has come abroad unto all men. I am glad therefore on your behalf. But yet, I would I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. <coughs> Timothyus, my workfellow, and Lucius, and Jason, and Sos, uh, let's see, Sosipater, and my kinsmen salute you. I Terechus... Uh, who wrote this epistle, salute you in the Lord, Gaius, mine host and of the whole church, saluteth you. Erastus, the chamberlain of the city, saluteth you, and Quartus, a brother. Uh, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now him that, that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. But now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. And uh, so we're going to look at those verses today, just kind of quickly go through a lot of these names and such and see who uh, some of them were. Some of them we don't know much more than what's written here. Uh, but uh, he begins with some words of commendation, uh, Roman numeral one there in your notes, some words of commendation. I didn't take the time to write all these names and I wasn't going to have you write all the names on the notes by any means, but you can just kind of get an overview, write down something if, it, if you want to write down something, if, you, uh, if it means something to you. But uh, here we see a list of around 30 people or groups of people who Paul has known, uh, who now he is greeting. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful, uh, and when I come to a list of names like that, I, I'm ever more grateful for a Bible that has phonetic spelling in, in, with names uh, in, in the Bible. And so I can kind of look at that for a second and try to figure out what it is. And sometimes I have to remind myself a couple of times. But, uh, but he starts by introducing the one who's bringing the letter to them and causing the churches to read the, his letter. Phoebe, a sister in Christ and a servant of the church of Sennacheria he says, I commend you unto Euphemia, our sister, which is a servant of the church at, which is at Senecrea, that you receive her in the Lord as becometh saints, and that you assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you, for she hath been a securer of many, and of myself also. And most likely a, a convert of, of heathen religion, we're guessing, since her name is one of, also one of the names of the goddess Diana, and uh, so we're guessing she was a convert from uh, one of Paul's missionary trips. But she worked with a church in Sennacheria, which is a seaport in Corinth. And Paul wanted her to be welcomed and befriended in the Lord with these churches in Rome so that she could carry out these letters, carry these letters from church to church. And this should always be the case when someone comes carrying the word of God. Amen? And uh, we ought to welcome them with open arms and with kindness. Then he goes on and talks about Priscilla and Aquila. He calls them my helpers in Christ Jesus. Verse 3, he says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also of the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. We'll stop there kind of in the middle of the verse. And this is a hospitable couple who had opened their home uh, even at the risk of of death. And they uh, were companions of Paul's at times. They were residents of Rome that were banished from Rome by Claudius and they moved to Corinth and they lived there for a while. And this is where Paul met them and they traveled with Paul to Ephesus where they settled. Uh, they seem to have now settled back in Rome and had a church meeting in their own, uh, meeting in their own home there. And they were the couple who received a young preacher, Apollos, uh, in their home and helped him and taught him in the faith and helped him grow in understanding of the gospel. Uh, they had uh, 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 ap- aptly been described as Paul's helpers, and uh, they, they very much were. Uh, then there was a Petnitus, uh, well beloved. His name means uh, so. Uh, salute, well, my well beloved, apetnus. is kind of a play on words there. Uh he says, "Who is the first fruits of Achaia unto Christ?" Uh, he's described as being this first fruits of this church in Achaia. As such, he, he was probably a member of the household of Stephanas, uh, as mentioned by the same description in 1 Corinthians sixteen fifteen, where it says, I beseech you, brethren, ye know, the house of Stephanas, that is the first fruit of Achaia. So it's the same description, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Boy, what a description, amen. Uh, they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Uh, these were pagan societies, and as such, it took real courage to uh, be a convert to Christ. It often meant giving up everything to follow. And so uh, here is mentioned uh, this per- person who is greeting that's now in Rome, uh, this well-beloved Apetnus. Then he goes on and continues with uh, verse 6, and he talks about Mary. Uh, it says, greet Mary who bestowed much labor on us. Uh, she obviously worked hard to help Paul. Mary was a member of the Roman church as well, and yet one of the churches, and yet uh, she had ministered to Paul and his fellow workers someplace else, somewhere along the way of the travels, and to the point at which uh, she has bestowed much labor to them, or on them. And uh, so it's quite a description. And we don't know what work she did for them, or, uh, but it's noteworthy enough to mention it in her greeting there. And then it goes uh, in verse 7 to Adronicus and Junia. And so, salute Adronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners, who are of note among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. And these were two early converts uh, who were imprisoned at the some point with Paul. Uh, They were uh, fellow prisoners, perhaps maybe husband and wife, uh, but they were some sort of relative to Paul. He talks about them being the kinsmen, uh, but he doesn't say the same thing about other Jewish names, about other people that are Jews. And so uh, it's not likely that he's talking about them being fellow Jews. And so we are, we're led to believe that instead the, the natural use of the word kinsman uh, is uh, a, a relative. And so it's believed that there are uh, among a few in this list that you'll see that same description. And uh, they're, they're also highly esteemed by the apostles he mentions here, which is quite a description as well. Uh, then there's Amplius in verse 8. Uh, great Amplius, my beloved in the Lord. This believer is simply known as being Paul's beloved or close friend in the Lord. We don't know anything else about him. There's no other mention of him in the Bible anywhere. And Urbanus, salute Urbanus in verse 9, our helper in Christ. There's a little bit of a description there. Uh, he was a helper or a fellow worker. Uh, at some point he came alongside Paul and, and helped him. Uh, he must have been a great help as uh, being called out as such there, there uh, in this chapter here. But he's now faithful in one of the churches at Rome and still faithful. And then there's uh, Stachus uh, in verse 9. It says, And Stachus, my beloved. Again, another mention of Paul's beloved or a dear friend of Paul. Uh, not much else is said. Uh, then Apollos, salute Apelles, approved in Christ. This believer has somehow been tested and approved as faithful, as the word approved uh, in Christ speaks to a a trial of some sort, something that has really gone through it, maybe persecution of some kind. And Apollos must have gone through some kind of suffering as he's already proven himself loyal to Paul and to Christ. Uh, But that's basically all that we have for information there. But then he goes into it and he says, A household of of uh, Aristobulus. Uh, He says, Salute them which are of Aristobulus's household. The believers being greeted here is a group of people believed to be slaves in this household. Uh, Aristobulus himself is the the grandson of Herod the Great. Um, So this could be in reference to his slaves who had accepted Christ at some point along the way. But somehow they had a connection to Paul at some point. Uh, Then he says in verse 11, uh, speaks of Herodian. He says, salute Herodian, my kinsman. Again, another one. Uh, where that name is, is given, it says a uh, man that was. Uh, this is a man that was another relative of Paul, who is a believer there in Rome. We're not given really any other information in Scripture about him, uh, but it's given there. Um, then of, uh, uh, it says of the household of Narcissus. Again, another household. So there's a group of people that's being mentioned. It says, "Greet them that be of the household of Narcissus, which are in the Lord." And here he specifically mentions those who were slaves of the household of Narcissus who are in the Lord or who have been saved. Um, it's quite possible that this Narcissus was a wealthy secretary to the emperor Claudius, um, as is mentioned in other places. He would have been quite wealthy if this were true. Uh, these believers were enslaved by this man, but yet they were in Christ. Uh, they were truly bond servants of Christ and brothers, brothers and sisters of Paul. And so there's no doubt that they must have uh, had quite a few challenges in a household like that, uh, secretary to the emperor Claudius. And then he goes on, verse 12, and he says, Tryphena and Tryphosa. Uh, He says, Salute Tryphena and Tryphosa, who labor in the Lord. And these two ladies labored labored much and worked hard in the Lord in uh, in some way. The name Tryphena means dainty, and the name Tryphosa means delicate. And so here it's like somebody called uh, greet dainty and delicate. (laughs) And the word here uh, translated speaks uh, uh, here, uh, let's try that again, labor. Uh, The word translated labor speaks to working to exhaustion. And so it's a word that means, uh, I mean, working tirelessly for them. And so these two dainty and delicate ladies were working hard for the Lord. And uh, so he's greeting them. Then in verse 12, the second part of verse 12, he, he talks about Persis. He says, salute the beloved Persis, which labored much in the Lord. A beloved believer, a lady who worked hard uh, for the Lord, and she was beloved, which speaks a lot uh, about her love as well, as much as she is cared for and loved. And she diligently worked. Then he mentions in verse 13, Rufus and his mother. Uh, salute Rufus, chosen of the Lord and his mother and mine. Quite a unique description there. Uh, Rufus is said to be the cho- uh, chosen in the Lord here. Uh, Ephesus is not chosen by the Lord, but rather a tender, precious, and warm description of Rufus. Uh, it, it speaks more to him and his, pers- his person. Uh, Rufus very possibly, well, uh, uh, possibly well known among the believers and the apostles, as he is said to be the son of of the Simon, the man who carried Jesus's cross. Mark chapter fifteen, verse twenty one says, and they compelled. One Simon, a Sarvenian, who passed by coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. And there's identification there uh, to the people that are reading this book that this is Simon, and he mentions the two sons as if they would know who they're talking about. And so it's, it's often believed that this is that Rufus that's mentioned here in this list. He's greeting him. He's now in Rome. We can just imagine a family of Simon watching their husband and father carry the cross of Jesus up the hill to Calvary. Can you imagine? Imagine the impact that that crucifixion would have had on their lives. Uh, Rufus' mother is described as his mother, uh, Rufus' mother and mine, or Paul's. Uh, Not to be taken literally, of course, uh, but that on most likely several occasions she has cared for Paul just like a mother would. And so she's endeared her, uh, herself to Paul. And after this, Paul begins to list two groups of Christians. Most likely, it's talking about two churches or congregations, uh, calling out the names of those he knew where, were together in that church. He says in verse 14 and 15 salute, uh, a risk, a risk, uh, let's just say Bob and Dan, and okay, uh, uh, Asicritus, fl- 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 Flagon, Hermas, I'm not reading it out of my Bible. I need to read it out of my Bible. It's going to help me a lot more. Uh, where am I? Verse 14. Uh, f- f- let's see, Phlegon, I think it is, or Phlegion, uh, Hermas, uh, Patrobus, and Hermes, and the brother which are with, brethren which are with them. So here's the first group. I mentioned specifically one, two, three, four, five names. And then he talks about the brethren that are with them. And so it's because of that wording, they're guessing that these five men have known Paul in somewhere along his journeys, and he knew they were in together in this congregation. And so he agreed them and the brethren that he hasn't met, the others that are with them. Then he talks about in verse 15, uh, salute. <coughs> Where am I? Verse 15, salute. Uh, salute. Uh, let's see, if I, I shouldn't have started reading these. Philo, uh, Philologus and Julia, that one's easier, and Nerus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints which are with them. And so now he uh, begins to list the other ones here. That's one, two, three, four with the sister, and five, Olympus, and uh, all the saints that are with them. And so it's believed generally that it is two separate congregations that had a group of people that he wanted to greet by name because he knew them. And after these words of greeting and commendation, Paul tells them uh, uh, some final words of caution. We have the words of commendation, and now number two, we have the words of caution. Verse 17, he says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. They that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience is come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf. And yet, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Note, let's note a few points that he makes here in this caution. First of all, letter A, he tells them to avoid divisive people. Avoid divisive people. Uh, and he says, uh, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. And we need to avoid people who cause division and become stumbling blocks in our church. Amen? A divisive person is a person who grumbles and complains, who criticizes and murmurs, who gossips, who causes strife and arguments, <clears throat> someone who's unloving, someone who teaches a contrary doctrine to what is being taught. And they divide. They cause the church to be separated into set groups. And we need to avoid them. Uh, don't fellowship with them. Don't grow close to them. <clears throat> As I've said many times, you'll be the same person you are today in 10 years, with the exception of the books you read and the people you hang out with. Okay? You fellowship with people that are divisive, you're going to become divisive. It's just the way it works. Isn't it amazing how it seems like sometimes husbands and wives end up looking like each other? You know, have you ever seen where a owner starts all of a sudden looking like their dog? You ever notice that, you know? It's just when you ha- the more you hang out with something, it just seems like it just changes you, doesn't it? Sometimes even physically. Uh, well, we don't want that. We need to avoid divisive people. And if we're not careful, we're going to become like them if we don't avoid. And so if we're avoiding the divisive and uh, the one that causes offenses and the stumbling blocks, then we need to be sure to let her be cling to good. Avoid divisive people and cling to good. And Paul contrasts those who are divisive with those who are doing right in the in the churches of Rome. Uh, to do this, we need to be obedient to the Lord. We need to be wise about good. And we need to be simple about evil. And the word simple means we don't really even need to understand it. We don't need to know about it. We don't really need to know details. You know, I, I don't really like doing studies on on, on uh, a demonology and things like that. A lot of studying about demons and the occult and stuff. I think it's necessary to know some things, uh, but I, I know men who have written books on the occult and such, and getting deep into their study, it changed them and changed their spirit. And uh, praise the Lord, the one that I knew uh, pulled out of that study and wrote with what he had to warn people, but warned against doing a study on it. And uh, it, just, it just affects you. And so we need to be simple about evil, uh, know enough to be able to give an answer, uh, but stay away from it and be wise about good. <clears throat> We're to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, the Bible says. In fact, Titus 2.12 says just that, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, <clears throat> we should live soberly, that means seriously, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking for that blessed hope. That's what we need to focus on, amen? Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the, our, of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Have your focus be on Him. Uh, keep your eyes on Jesus, uh, the author and finisher of our faith. And then we can trust God to handle the others. God will soon enough give us victory over Satan, as He says here in these verses. We just need to stay faithful and live in the grace that of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul now has finished a few words of commendation. And then he gives a few final words of caution. And uh, now he gives a few words from companions. A few words from companions. We see four men who were traveling companions with Paul. Paul. Uh, who are also desiring to greet the churches of Rome. Perhaps some of them were traveling when they ran across these other individuals. And there were certain people that they wanted to make sure, say hey, say, say hi to me uh, for me too. And uh, my wife's birthday was not too long ago on September the 4th. And her family members would call her and wish her happy birthday. And her, I was close to her brother. We were good friends. And uh, he called her to wish her happy birthday. And I was over there just kind of waving at her, you know. You know, I didn't want to interrupt, but I just want to get her attention and say, say hi for me. You know, it's kind of like that is what they're doing here. And they just kind of wanted to get them in to say hi. Uh, First, he starts with Timothy or Timotheus. Verse 21, Timothy is my fellow worker. He says uh, he had worked with him and traveled with him and been taught by him. And there's a lot of information on Timothy for the uh, for the most part throughout the New Testament, uh, including two letters from Paul to Timothy timothy's name means one who honors god and that was true Um, both his mother and grandmother were faithful believers who taught him the scriptures at a very young age and they named him uh, the one who honors god in hopes that he would grow into that name and honor him with his life he was a half gentile half jewish his mother was jewish his father was gentile And his mother gave him a name that was uh, a uh, Hebrew name in hopes that uh, God would use him greatly. And God did. Uh, And God uh, did bring honor to his name through his life. And boy, what a great uh, example of a mother's influence on behalf of her children. Amen. But it's tireless work. Uh, You have to pray heavily all the time. You have to teach them heavily and uh, diligently, the Bible tells us. And uh, what a great example of a a godly mother and grandmother. And the influence of a grandmother is seen there as well. And Timothy is called Paul's fellow worker or or work fellow, as he says here in the King James. And Paul places him on equal to himself. Uh, Timothy was faithful, helping Paul fulfill God's plan for his life. And now he's greeting the church here. Then he goes on in verse 21, and, and he says, Lucius, Jason, and uh, S- sosipater I, I, I don't remember how to say that name, but my kinsmen salute you. Paul had some tr- relatives traveling with him, as, if this is true about the, what we're looking at, the kinsmen. The word, again, the word kinsmen can mean fellow countrymen, uh, but again, as, as we mentioned earlier, he's mentioned uh, kinsmen a, a few times here. Uh, but there were many others in there that were Jewish names. And so that he didn't say my kinsmen. And so it's more likely that they are, were speaking of relatives here. Um, but these relatives had trusted Christ as their Savior and were now with Paul in the work of the Lord, he was traveling with him Boy, what a joy. I don't know how he's related to them. You know, he had family tree just like we do. And uh, perhaps they were second cousins or aunts or uncles or who knows. Uh, but what a joy that he had traveling with them, some relatives that were helping him in the work that he was doing. Uh, how important it is that we stay faithful and have a good testimony around our family, amen? One of the hardest groups of people we can ever witness to is our own family. And we have lost people in our, in our families. Why? Because they know us better than anyone, right? And they see the true us. And so let the true you be the one that's following Christ faithfully and be honest and sincere And uh, say, you know what, when you mess up, admit that you messed up. We talked about that this morning, didn't we? Uh, And amongst your family, admit when you're wrong, amen, and ask for forgiveness. And uh, that will show the work of Christ in our life more than anything. Uh, Matthew 5.16 tells us, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And that's true about our, our relatives as it is strangers. We need to let our light shine in our homes and in our our extended families and be faithful. These faithful men were serving alongside Paul, and some of them we know were mistreated by the same ones that mistreated Paul. Uh, Acts chapter 17, verses 5 through 7 tells us, But the Jews, which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. I always thought that was a funny description to to me, you know, lewd men of of the baser sort. It almost sounds like the bass section of the choir or something. But anyways, uh, and uh, uh, a a gathered company and uh, set all the city on an uproar and assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out of the people. Verse 6 says, And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, these that have turned the world upside down are come hither unto also, whom Jason hath received, and these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus. And when they had taken security of Jason and of the others, they let them go. And so uh, we see that they some of these have been mistreated alongside Paul in uh, some of his journeys and such. Then he goes on and, he, and uh, as uh, the uh, Tiritius, or Tertius, Tertius uh, mentions himself. <laughs> and so Paul is uh, dictating these things, and uh, he says, Oh, by the way, I'm writing too. And he says, I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, salute you in the Lord. He wasn't a preacher, uh, but served as a personal secretary of Paul of sorts, who many believe had very poor eyesight and couldn't write uh, letters of this great length, like Romans. Some of the smaller ones he mentions. Uh, you'll see that I wrote this of my, of, uh, of my own hand, and the, the, it mentions the, the uh, largeness of the letter, meaning the, but it's a short book, and so it's talking about the large letters and such. And uh, that leads people to believe that maybe Paul had a, a vision problem of some sort. But he often had somebody scribe the, the letters for him and write it out. Uh, Paul wrote out, uh, 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 excuse me, Tertius wrote out as Paul dictated to the letters, uh, the letter to the churches in Rome and he wrote it down. It's amazing how God sends just the right people into a fellowship uh, who have the gifts that are needed for that time. Amen. I remember in California, the pastor there talking about that through the years, people have come and gone. And uh, people just kind of moved on, not in bad ways or anything, not really any of them left angry or anything, but just came and then moved away or whatever. Uh, but they uh, moved on to help another church a lot of times. But God brought them at times to our church to accomplish some, help us accomplish something that needed to happen. Uh, they had a forest fire burn down their church. And uh, way before I came along, and uh, a contractor had just joined the church, and uh, he was used greatly to help us organize and rebuild the church. And uh, when it was years later, when they decided to build a fellowship hall, uh, God had already sent another contractor and another builder to the church, uh, and uh, he helped organize that. And. Uh, He specialized in electrical, and there's a lot of electrical work that needed to be done. And he updated the church, electrical, and all kinds of things. And God just sends people uh, along sometimes to help. And the service that Tertius here provided was sent by God. And uh, God helped him, God used him. So he gives his greeting. Then the next one in verse 23, he says, Gaius, mine host, and the whole church salute you. This believer was a man of hospitality, Uh, Most likely a wealthy man with a a home large enough to entertain all of these traveling servants of God uh, for a long period of time. Uh, He was faithful and used his money and wealth and estate for the Lord. Uh, But also he must have had a large enough home to host the church for worship worship as well. It seems to be the connection of those two phrases, Gaius, mine host, and of the whole church. Salute with you. It's kind of the idea of of that being housed in Gaius' home. Uh, Not specifically mentioned, but uh, quite a few people believe that that is true. Then in verse 23, he talks about Erastus. Erastus, the chamberlain of the city, saluteth you. And this is a unique one as well. Erastus was a believer who was a civil servant, uh, the chamberlain of the city. Uh, This is a chamberlain of the city is one who manages the affairs and oversees the works of the city. Sometimes you'll have a a chamberlain of a home, uh, especially a wealthy home, and they would oversee things, can kind of be a um the word left my mind uh but they were put in charge kind of like joseph you know where that was in charge of Potiphar's house but um <coughs> this is mentioned <coughs> excuse me this is mentioned as being erastus the chamberlain of the city and so uh, it tells us that he was a highly respected man and among both uh, uh the world and of believers he was respected and it's, it tells us that uh he was responsible It tells us that he was a man of courage because he was known as a Christian while still in some sort of political office as well. And this man was eventually called to preach the gospel and either resigned or was removed from political office or some sort. And he's seen on a mission tour with Timothy in Acts chapter 19 where it says, So he sent into Macedonia two of them that ministered unto them, Timotheus and Erastus, but he himself stayed in Asia for a season. Uh, as mentioned, as uh, uh, still being faithful. In the latter days of Paul's uh, life, he was still being faithful. Second Timothy 4.20, one of the last things that Paul wrote. Uh, he said, Erastus abode at Corinth. He's now at Corinth. But Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. And so uh, it's mentioned that he's uh, still working for Christ, even those years later. Then it says, and Cordus, a brother. Uh, verse 23, uh, the third part of that verse, last part of that verse. He says, this brother uh, also sends his greeting to the church in Rome as a brother in Christ. Uh, and all of these fellow workers' uh, prayer is that, as verse 24 says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. As their greeting, they just want that, God, that this churches that hear this gospel, that hear this uh, epistle, rather, uh, uh, have the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that it be with them, and they grow in that grace. Paul has given a few words of commendation and greeting, and so a few final words of caution. And then he gave a few words of greetings from his companions. Now, in the last few verses, he speaks a few words of confidence. And Paul spoke with confidence that God would help these churches that he desired to help. Now verse 25, and he spent all this time, by the way, all these uh, six, 15 chapters prior to this chapter. Uh, trying to instill doctrine into the lives of these churches. And it was a great uh, effort of love and a great work there that he was doing. And now as he wraps it all up, he's giving it over to the Lord in confidence that God will take care of them and God will help them grow. Verse 25, he says, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to the, my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the ministry, which is kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the, pro- of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. To the God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. How many of you, how many of you remember diagramming sentences in school? Did anybody do that other than me? Okay. How'd you, like to memorize, how'd you like to diagram that sentence? Amen. Three verses long. No, thank you, I'll tell you. Uh, but anyways, he, he, this is what his words of confidence that the Lord is going to take care of them. His confidence was, in fact, that God was able to establish the believers. Establish means to strengthen them, to secure them, make them stable. And Paul desired that they be established by, first of all, the gospel itself. Uh, he was con- he had confidence that God would establish them according to my gospel. He calls it. It wasn't another gospel separate from the gospel. He was just taking ownership there. The gospel that he shared. He simply means the gospel that he was called to preach. And Paul, as an ambassador of the of the, of of God, uh, to spread the gospel, knows that the gospel establishes and strengthens the believer as they hear the truth over and over again and P- peter talks about stirring up those things which we have learned okay and as we hear the gospel over and over again, it establishes in us and strengthens us in remembering the things we already know it but we need to be refreshed every once in a while amen and then he says uh, uh the, not only the gospel but the, uh, being established in the preaching of christ uh, believers are made strong by the proclamation Our preaching of Jesus Christ and this is why in our churches the preaching ought to remain the focus of the service amen Uh, you know we shouldn't have an hour of singing I mean it's not wrong it's not sin but I don't believe we ought to have the focus beyond the song service where it's an hour long and then a five-minute sermon amen uh, you know, I think we ought to have a five minute song in an hour. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we just need to have the focus, have things point to the, the preaching. Why? Because Pastor Wallace is so important? No, because the word of God is so important. Amen. This is the whole focus. This is what we're here for. Okay. This is how we're going to grow. And we need to focus on the preaching of the word. It's by the foolishness of preaching, he calls it. I always get offended by that. But anyways, uh, you know, it's, it's no, it's uh, what's silly to the world is important to God. And I believe that God wants us to focus on that. And the preaching of Christ is what establishes people. And that's what he's having confidence that this is going to do in the lives of the churches at Rome. All parts of the service ought to lead to, not detract from, the preaching of Christ. And then thirdly, this church will be, he has confidence that this church will be established by the revelation of the mystery. Verse 25, the rest of that verse says, According to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, <clears throat> but now is made manifest. <clears throat> and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Uh, the mystery of the gospel, the good news, was a secret since the world began. He wasn't clear what his plan was. But when Jesus Christ, he perfectly revealed God's plan. He was the perfect revelation of God. And uh, there have been hints through uh, prophecies that pointed to Christ. and uh, But just how God would reconcile man to himself was truly a mystery that now has been revealed, and Paul is now proclaiming that. And he says this mystery, this revelation, is going to strengthen them and help them. The truth that had not been known prior. The truth could not have been discovered by human reason alone. Uh, It would took the revelation of God for us to truly understand this mystery. And man would never have been able to know the gospel had God not made it manifest through the scriptures of the prophets And by the command of God and the perfect revelation of Christ himself. God wants the world to know the gospel. And so he has commanded that it be proclaimed to the ends of the earth. Everyone, not just Jews, but all Gentiles alike. The whole world hears this mystery. And it's proclaimed by the revelation of scripture. And Paul now gives a word of praise to God here at the end. In verse 27, uh, praise to, uh, to God to whom he is confident and that has established, that will establish them. Verse 27 says to God only wise. Be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. The good God of the gospel, the, only, uh, the one to whom it's all about. From Genesis to Revelation, it's all about Christ. And the revealer of the gospel, he's the only wise God. Now he declares all glory be given to God through Jesus Christ. And this praise is offered through Christ, our only way to the Father. Amen. It's given through Christ. John fourteen six says, "Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me." And so Paul and honors Jesus, and as he gives praise to God through Jesus Christ. Acts chapter four verse twelve says, "Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved." It's only Christ. Amen. As Paul closes out this book, he praises God through Jesus Christ for his message. The message that we're sinners, but that God has provided an escape from our eternal, salva- uh, our eternal separation from him. He's reconciled us unto himself. We're now justified, declared righteous by his work on the cross. But we must live in holiness, he says, and grow in sanctification <clears throat> we no longer need to follow after the law. We're free from the law to pursue holiness out of love for God and in obedience to the, and yielding to the Holy Spirit. He has given us practical teaching that shows how we are to relate to the world and the uh, Christians alike around us. Now we need to act it out and live it practically in our lives. Next week, my dad, Jimmy Wallace, is going to begin preaching on Sunday nights for a while. I hope you'll stay faithful. Amen. And I hope that you'll stay faithful. Uh, and as I know that God has laid on his, some things on his heart. He's talked to me about it. And I believe it will really be a blessing to you and a help to you. So I hope even though Romans is finished, you'll keep coming. Amen. As I know you are, already are so faithful already. So, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer and we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for today. Father, it just feels so good sometimes to, to finish a study like this. And this was a long one. Uh, I thought Galatians was long, but it, this one is even longer. And we thank you, Lord, for helping us through the study and helping us to grow through it. And there's still so much in this book that we didn't hardly even touch. I pray lord that you help us in our own personal studies as we go through our bible reading that you would speak to our hearts and help us to grow and remind ourselves of the things that we have learned and even enlighten our eyes and see things that we didn't even notice before i pray that you bless us as a church lord as we continue to grow in you and i pray that you speak to us uh, through your word as it's being preached as it's being read as we sing the songs of praise that uh, deal with the uh, word of God especially. And I pray that you would just guide and direct our church in these coming days. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. And I pray that you guide and direct us. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. Oh Yes? Okay. All right, well, we, we'll be praying for him. Be praying for Dick Hazen. Uh, He was taken to the hospital if you couldn't hear. And so uh, be praying for him. I appreciate that. All right, well, have a good evening.